listening and welcome to your Royal Rooters podcast, your hub for your nine-time World Series champion, Boston Red Sox, your six-time Super Bowl champion, New England Patriots, your 17-time NBA champion, Boston Celtics, your seven, your six-time Stanley Cup champion, Boston Bruins, and your 11-time national champions in football, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. I'm your host, Tom O'Shea, also known as the Junkyard Dog, also known as the T.O. Swiggins, and you can't change that. Yeah. So, not a lot going on news-wise. Just waiting for the um, NFL draft to start for the sake of the Patriots and Notre Dame football. So, yeah. Not a lot. Joe Kelly did go after uh, a former Red Sox uh, reliever. Joe Kelly actually went after uh, the MLB investigation. Saying that uh, I'll be interested to find out what they find. He was going after him, saying like, "This is this is really a crock. This is a debacle. If we would have cheated, we would have won every single game and won every single inning. Like, hands down, I don't think we would have, yeah, lost any games whatsoever. So yeah." So I love it how these players are saying, like, we didn't really cheat. You know, a lot, all of them are basically saying we didn't even cheat. That really says something. It really does say that uh, yeah, maybe this whole investigation is all BS. Maybe it just is. Yeah. But who knows? Speaking of Joe Kelly, he basically broke his window. Yeah. We show that video. Let's see, I'll show you that video. Wondering how quarantine's going? Joe is working on a change-up. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty funny. But yeah, either all, nothing really else going on. Or a news report. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, wait. Hold on. Yeah. Why did I not say this? Steve Pierce retired uh, this week. And I forget to say that. Yeah. We do have news. Yeah. J Steve Pierce retired. M World Series MVP. Why did I never? Yeah. So, yeah. He retired this week. So. Yeah, like World Series. And he said the same thing, too, like as in uh, Joe Kelly. We didn't do anything. We didn't do any cheating. This is all a sham. This is all effing debacle. Yeah, so he so he basically played for every uh, AL East team. I know he was here for only one year, but like it was a memorable year for him as a Red Sox. Probably one of the best years ever. I didn't know he was a pirate. Wow, he was a pirate. Oreo, Red Sox, Blue Jay, Ray, Yankee, and a Houston Astro. Just weird. Yeah, he played for all all five AL East teams. That's that's pretty neat. Is he from Massachusetts? Is he born? Oh, it says born in Lakeland, Florida. Man, that can't be right. 
Yeah, he was went to high school in Lakeland, Florida. Oh, well, the same high school as Chris Sale. Yeah. Juco. Yeah, he's a Juco bandit. All right. Yeah. A Juco bandit. Went to South Carolina. Was he there the same year as JBJ? I'd actually be neat to know that. So the Chico School was Indian River Community College. Fort Pierce, Florida. Fort Pierce, Florida. So yeah. So salute to him. Have fun in his, in his retirement and yeah, thank you for helping bring a World Series title to the Red Sox in 2018. All right. All right, so let's uh, do something a little different today. Going to go over retired numbers of the Red Sox or Red Sox, Patriots, um, Red Sox, Patriots, Celtics, and Bruins. We won't go into Notre Dame football because they don't really do that. All right, so for the Red Sox, they have Bobby Doerr at number – they retired Bobby Doerr's number one. And they retired his number. And Bobby Doerr played with the Red Sox. From 1937, go down. From 1937 to 1951, all his career with the Red Sox. He did miss one year in 1945, and that was because of World War II. Yeah, was a Southern California boy, just like a um, was a Southern California boy, just like a. Ted Williams. The Southern California boy, just like Ted Williams, except he went to L.A. Or he was born in L.A. Let's see. So that's number one. I didn't know he was number nine at one point. Huh. Well, I had to give it up because of Ted Williams. Yeah, that's probably why. Let's see. So who, number four is a uh, Joe Joe Cronin. And he played with the Red Sox from go down. He played with the Red Sox from 1935 to 1947. He was also a player manager too. Yeah. Player manager. So yeah, he led the Red Sox to the 1946 pennant. And the World Series, which they ended up losing. So, yeah. So, his number four is retired. He did play with the Net or with the Washington Centers, which are now the Minnesota Twins at one point. As a player manager. Oh. So, he was a player manager his entire career with the Red Sox. Except his last season. Yeah. Try and get something ready. All right, so at number six, so a number six or a number six has been retired, and that belonged to a Johnny Pesky. 
and he played with the Red Sox. And he played with the Red Sox from 1943 to 1952. He didn't miss three years because of World War II. So, yeah. So, he he missed three years from 1943 to 1945 because of World War II. He he unfairly gets uh, accused of uh, losing the 1946 World Series. Well, a lot of things went down too because and reason why they didn't win. So, yeah. So, like, he gets fairly accused of like uh, misplaying a ball. That uh, was at that point like it looked like uh, the runner who was Enos Slaughter was like almost all the way home. So, like, they weren't gonna be able to get him. So, but still, that that cost him the nineteen forty six World Series and yeah. And he falsely gets wrongly accused. And then when they won the World Series in 2004, he basically, yeah, he basically, all that, yeah. Basically, a lot of those guys like, who messed up that World Series, messed up a World Series, basically, yeah, end up getting, uh, yeah. <sighs> Get redemption afterwards. All right, number eight, Kari Yastrzemski. His number eight was retired. And he played with the Red Sox his entire career. From 1961 to 1983. Last guy to get a uh, triple crown. Last guy to uh, win the triple crown until uh, Miguel Cabrera did it in 2012. And Yastrzemski did it in 1967. So he was part of that impossible dream team. He's the same age as my grandma. Yeah. Yeah, same age as my grandma. Yeah. He does have a grandson that does play uh is in the MLB today and like he's playing with the San Francisco Giants, Mike Yastrzemski. And then at number nine, who wore number nine, the guy that Yastrzemski replaced as in left field is Ted Williams. Number nine, the greatest hitter that ever lived. Silver, the splendid splinter, the splendid splinter, the kid, number nine, Ted Williams. And he played with the Red Sox from 1939 to 1960. He did miss two, three years because of war. He did miss a couple of seasons because of World War II and Korea serving that. He belonged to two Hall of Fames, uh, the Baseball Hall of Fame and the Fishing Hall of Fame down in Florida. He was a fan favorite, but he was also hated by some of the fans in Boston. Maybe because uh, there was stuff like uh, he had uh, his first season was really great, but then his second season he kind of started uh, slumping a little bit. And then that's why he fought, like, the fans started turning on him. And then he decided, you know what, it's a long tradition of, like, tipping your cap after you hit a home run. I just won't do that after uh, I uh, hit it. I won't tip my cap. And he wouldn't tip his cap until, like, basically later on or, like, after his career, like, the last game of his career. And then uh, possibly later on when he uh, comes back for uh, ceremonies and stuff like that as a retired player. Yeah. So he died in 2002 and and this is kind of weird too. So um his uh kids wanted to uh cut off his head so they'll be able to attach it on to 
or and then we'll cut off his head and then freeze it and then freeze his bo- his torso and his head to the point where like uh in something 30 something years he can come back and then uh yeah that's kind of weird and then some of his kids like wanted to just cremate him and just uh spread his ashes around his favorite uh, fishing place fishing spots yeah but then side to a freeze and then cut off his head yeah that's pretty weird yeah. Let's freeze him so in 30 years he can come back and he'll be really scared. He'll be a zombie. Yeah. All right. Number 14 is uh, Jim Rice. Yeah, number 14 worn by Jim Rice. Also a Hall of Famer. And he played his entire career with the Red Sox. From 1974 to 1989. Part of two uh, AL pennant teams, but all those teams ended up losing the World Series. And I will give him credit, too. He really did did deal with a lot of crap here in Boston, especially with the fans shouting racial slurs at him and stuff like that. At one point, Boston was not a great place for a black person to be in. So it was like, yeah, so yeah, so it wasn't really great. So yeah, drafted out of high school. So yeah, he did deal with a lot of crap, and like I will, I do feel sorry for the dude. Yeah. But yeah. He uh, led uh, the MLB in home runs in 19, 1940. In 1975 or 1978, 46. So he won the MVP that year. Yeah. Well, imagine a lot. He led in a lot of categories in 1978. Yeah. Led in games, games played in, played appearances, at bats, hits, triples, home runs, RBIs. Batting average, or wait, no, that was slugging percentage and OPS. And OPS plus, yeah. So good for him. All right. And now, let's see. Now, number 26, that was worn by Wade Boggs. So he's also a Hall of Famer. So he played with the Red Sox from 1982 to 1992. He also was a Yankee at one point. He left the Red Sox for the Yankees. Yeah. Yeah, but he is one of our best. He is like one of our, I would say one of the best third basemen in Red Sox history. Yeah. He said he would, uh, eclipse, he would eclipse or, uh, or eclipse or basically, yeah, like, uh, overtake Ted Williams and most of the stats. And he kind of pretty much did. Yeah. And stats and stuff like that. So, yeah, pretty neat. So, way bogs. Yeah. It did take a while to retire his number, but he eventually, uh, they eventually did in two in twenty sixteen. Yeah. That's Wade Boggs. All right, here's Carl Yastrzemski. I mean, not uh, Carlton Fisk at number twenty seven. Retired number. Go down. Right. He played with the Red Sox from 1969. He didn't miss uh, one season, though. No reason. Not sure what the reason was. And then he played from 1971 to 1980 with the Red Sox. Yeah. Famous for that walk-off home run in uh, Game 6 of the 1975 World Series, that walk-off in the 12th inning on a 0-1 count. There 
goes a long drive if it stays fair. Home run. We will have a seventh game in the 1975 World Series. Yeah, from uh, he was actually born and raised in uh, New England. Yeah. Pretty neat. Pretty neat. So, yeah, I get to play for his hometown team. Sadly, he did leave for free agency after the 1980 season. Because they uh, really, they really messed up his contract, the Red Sox ownership. They really kind of made it so he left on bad terms with the Red Sox, and he went over to the White Sox. And the sad thing is, he played his entire career, almost his entire career, with the majority of his career with the Chicago White Sox, which stinks so much. But he did go in the Hall of Fame. He did wear his cap wearing. He did go in the Hall of Fame and was put on the plaque wearing a Red Sox cap. So, yeah, so he does, yeah, have a special meet feeling to the Red Sox after how things ended up. All right. And number 34, David Ortiz, my favorite player growing up. And he played with the Red Sox from 2003 to 2016. So born in the Dominican Republic. Helped, win, helped the Red Sox win three World Series titles in 2000, 2004, 2007, and 2013. Very instrumental in 2004 and 2013. Yeah. And we'll get into later why he was instrumental in 2013. Certain anniversary showed up. Five hundred, a five hundred career homer run um, hitter. Although he did hit a uh, four four eighty something with the four eighty something home runs with the uh, Red Sox. So yeah, let's see. A career f- two not two ninety hitter, two ninety as in like two hundred and ninety in batting average. There he is. He hit 483 home runs. Yeah. So he was a Minnesota twin at one point. Yeah, they released him. And then Pedro Martinez said, like, hey, like, like, do you want to come and play for us? And then they uh, were able, he was able to put in calls to Red Sox ownership. And then, yeah, he was able to get te- or uh, get uh, David Ortiz to uh, play with the Red Sox. So pretty neat. Yeah. Pretty neat story of how he became a Red Sox. And then he retired. That, that was a sad night, too. And just watching him just come out of the dugout and after the game, after game three of the 2016 ALDS. And we should tip his cap to everybody in the stands. That was just, there was, I basically just cried because we will never see another great player like that ever again, at least for a while. That great. It just had that much of an impact. As a Red Sox, as a Red Sox. All right, and here's the last player, um, Pedro Martinez, at number forty-five. So yeah, he uh, pitched with the Red Sox from night. From 1998 to 2004. Had some great years. Like 1-2 Cy Youngs with the Red Sox. Yeah, 1-2 Red Cy Youngs with the Red Sox in 1999 and 2000. Yeah. Pretty neat. Yeah, did bring a World Series title to... Uh, Red Sox in 04, but that was like the tail end of his career with the Red Sox. He would become a free agent afterwards. Yeah. Also the Dominican Republic player, as in David Ortiz, so basically his buddy, so his fellow countrymen. Yeah. A pitching triple crown. Not a lot of those won. When did he win that? That would be neat. Let's see, Triple Crown. 
He won that. 1999, yeah. Probably one of his best seasons ever, yeah. You had the All-Star game, and you also had uh, the game where, like, he struck out, like, retired 22 um, Yankees hitters in that uh, September the 10th, 1999 um, outing. So pretty neat. Yeah, so pretty neat. And then we have number 42, which is uh, Jackie Robinson. He did play with the Dodgers, though, but – this was a whole, like, uh, the whole entire re- league retired his number and stuff like that. So, so it's like kind of a, a league-wide thing. All right. On to um, Patriots football. See how many retired numbers they did. All right, so at number 20, it's Gio Capanelli, Capaletti, or Capaletti, Gio Capaletti, who was a kicker for the New England Patriots. Was a kicker and a wide receiver. Like, he was at all ton of positions for the New England Patriots from – Entire career from 1960 to 1970. So basically, he was kind of one of the first guys to be a New England Patriot. He was also a radio broadcast or a radio or TV broadcaster for the Patriots at one point. Went to Minnesota for college, and then yeah, yeah, pretty neat. I think his story was kind of like the Invincible a little bit, like uh. I think he was a bar tenny at one point, and the Patriots, when they started their league, said, hey, do you want to come out and do a tryout? And he did. He made it, and then he basically got on to the Patriots. Five-time pro bowler. Let's see. Crap. On here we are awards. Seriously, he was a 1964 Player of the Year, the AP poll, and then a 1964 AFS AFL UP, UPI uh, Player of the Year, 1964. So uh, he won two awards in 1964, Player of the Year from the AP, like AP Associated Press and uh, UPI. At number 40, has been retired, and that was worn by Mike Haynes. Mike Haynes played with the Patriots from – oh, and he's also a Hall of Famer too. He was also on the um, Patriot or one of the Patriots selected by the um, – for the all-century team the NFL had. So he was one of those guys. And he played with the Patriots from 1976 to 1982. So he was a punt returner and – well, actually, no, he was a defensive line, defensive back. Yeah, went to Arizona State. Was born in Texas, but he went to school – went to high school in uh, California and went to Arizona – yeah, went to Arizona State. Nine-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro. He didn't win a. He did win a Super Bowl, but it wasn't with the Patriots. Yeah, they didn't win a Super Bowl until like two thousand one or two thousand one. So Super Bowl thirty-six season, and an A, and an um, nineteen seventy-six Associated Press Defensive Player of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year. It's pretty neat. All right, we are back. Sorry about that. We ran out of time. I had no idea. But at least we didn't miss much. We didn't miss much. So, all right. So, at number, continue with the Patriots. Um, Steve Nelson, number 57. A linebacker. He played with the Patriots from, 
He's drafted by the Patriots, one of their uh, 1974. So uh, 1974 to pretty much his entire career from 19, you know, 1987. Yeah. So linebacker, a free-time pro bowler. So, yeah. Not much else there. And then here's uh, our center, number 73, John Hanna. And his number has been retired. A Hall of Famer, nine-time Pro Bowler, and uh, seven-time All-Pro. All-Pro with the Patriots his entire career from 1973 to 1985. So he pretty much played his entire career with the Patriots. Went to Alabama for college. He has a Twitter? Huh. I didn't know someone in this generation had a Twitter. He's a baby pro rowdy. <laughs> All right, number 78 is Bruce Armstrong. And he played with the Patriots from. And he played. Oh, come on, go down. And he played with the Patriots from 1987 to. From 1987 to 2000. So he just he did play with Tom Brady at one point. He did play with Tom Brady in the 2000 season, but that was about it. He wasn't part of the. He just missed winning a Super Bowl. He just missed winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. So yeah, a six-time Pro Bowler though. Yeah, Pro Bowl. Yeah. All right. Moving on, and number 79 is Jim Lee Hunt, also known as, nicknamed as the Earthquake. Right, full-time pro bowler who plays his entire career with the New England Patriots, or at the time the Boston Patriots, from 1960 to 1970, so one of the original OGs, yeah. The original OGs of the Patriots. So, yeah, that's it. All right, so Bob D, who wore number 86 with the Patriots, and he was a defensive... Oh, he just died. Oh. He just died today. What? Oh. Yeah, today. He just died today. Wow. Oh, rest in peace. Rest in peace, yeah. Rest in peace, Bob D. Uh. All right, so he was he did start his career with the Washington Redskins, but then uh, played uh, part. He uh, joined the Patriots during their expansion draft, or the ex, or uh, their expansion team. So like he was part of their uh, team from 1960 to uh, 1967. Yeah. A four-time Pro Bowler. Yeah, really. Yeah, that's. I know that. All right. Well, rest in peace for him. He went to Holy Cross. Yeah. And born and raised in Quincy, Massachusetts. Yeah. Wait, this is 1975. Oh, 79. So, oh. Oops. What was the black armband? Uh, kind of threw me off. If I was 2020. <sighs> Bastards. <laughs> 1970. Oh my god. Alright, we messed it up. He died like today. Like 
41 years ago today in 1979. Oh, my God. Then what was the black armband doing there? So, yeah, pretty much all these Patriots uh, retired numbers have been basically before they even won a Super Bowl and stuff like that. So, So, no uh, Patriots who, uh, yeah. We're getting this all from uh, sportsreference.com. We might just breeze through some of this stuff. So, next is the Celtics. I'm not even showing tired numbers here. Wow, they have a lot. <clears throat> All right, number zero zero was worn by Robert Paris, the chief. Then number one was worn by or uh, was for uh, the owner uh, Walter Brown and the founder of the Celtics. And then number two was a uh, <clears throat> for a uh, Red Arback, the coach. It was legendary coach. And number three was for Dennis Johnson, one of the players who played from with the Celtics in the 1980s. Then number six belonged to uh, Bill Russell. Then number 10, JoJo White, who played with the Celtics in the 1970s, won a couple of titles with them. Number 14 belonged to Bob Cousy. And, uh, yeah, one of the greatest point guards before. Yeah, so, yeah, one of the first superstars for the Celtics. Number 15, uh, Tommy Heinsohn, who uh, played with the Celtics uh, back in the 60s, 50s and 60s, one of the first, yeah. And also, he's always the honor for being a coach, player, coach, and now a broadcaster with the team. Then uh, number 16 belonged to Tom Sanders. Number 17 belonged to the late, great John Havlicek. Havlicek stole the ball. It's all over. <laughs> <coughs> Number 18 belonged to uh, Bob Dave Collins. Number 19 belonged to Don Nelson. Number 21 belonged to uh, Bill Sharman. Number 22 belonged to Easy Ed McCauley. Number 23 belonged to Frank Ramsey. 24 belonged to Sam Jones. Then number 25 belonged to uh, Casey Jones, former player and coach of the Celtics. Number 31 belonged to uh, Cedric Maxwell. The number 32 belonged to uh, Kevin McHale. Number 32 belonged to Larry Legend, Larry Bird, one of the greats of Celtics history. Number 34 belonged to Paul Pierce. And then number 35 belonged to uh, Reggie Lewis, who, uh, yeah, he could have been one of the greatest if he didn't die really young. One of the greatest Celtics. Like, they were thinking of... Uh, he, they were thinking of like bringing him, and uh, or uh, basically, yeah. So basically, um, they were thinking about uh, having him be kind of like the guy who would take the torch from guys like Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, and Robert Parrish. But like, if he didn't die, then he could have have. And then number eighteen. Well, actually, it belongs to, uh, since uh, both numbers have were worn by. Jim Lostikoff and uh, Dave Collins. Then uh, he decide they decided to retire his uh, nickname Lotsky. and then uh, the Mike was retired by uh, Johnny Most, who was a radio broadcaster for the for the Celtics back in the way back, like kind of legendary broadcaster for the Celtics. Hammerchuck stole the ball. Now there's a steel by bird underneath the DJ and lays it up and in with one second left. All right, now on to the Bruins, and then we'll talk about uh, Patriots Day and wrap the show up.
Numbers retired. Number two belonged to uh, Eddie Shore, who uh, was one of the first players, like from the first uh, superstar defenseman for the uh, Bruins. Then number three belonged to Lionel Hitchman. Two-time cup winner. And let's see. Patriots from 1924 to uh, 1934. Basically, 10-year career. Then number four belonged to the great Bobby Orr. Number four. Yeah. Oh, Bobby Orr. Number five belonged to Tip Clapper. Number seven belonged to uh, Phil Esposito. Number eight belonged to Cam Neely, who is now the team president of the Patriots. Now, or not of the Bruins now, one of the team presidents of the of the Bruins now. So yeah, pretty neat. Number nine belonged to uh John Busick, the old chief. Yeah. Number fifteen belonged to uh Melt Schmidt, and I will go over this to him and a few other guys, uh Bobby Dubair and uh, Willie Dumont, all uh, were part of the. And he was part of the Kraut line. Well, actually, part of the Kraut line. Yeah, all right. Kraut line. Which were all. Yeah, let's see. Kraut line. Kraut line. So the crowd line was basically uh three American play three uh Canadian players of German descent, Mel Schmidt, which I just mentioned, Woody Dumont, Dumont and uh Bobby Bauer. And they were part of like that uh group of uh a trio of uh the Bruins, forward lines of the Bruins, so center, left wings, and uh right wingers, who uh basically uh played Together and like basically, yeah, we're basically uh, with each other for their entire careers. They did take a year off, a couple of years off because of World War II, and they had to go and fight in the Canadian uh, Air Force. But once before their last game, before they were sent off to go off and fight, they had a big kind of like send off party, and like they're carried off the field, and it was pretty neat. Yeah. So pretty neat, neat little story. You should look it up. And then uh, number 16 belonged to uh, Rick Middleton. Number 24 belonged to uh, Terry O'Reilly. And then number 77 belonged to Ray Borg. Pretty neat story with him and uh, Villa Spazio. When his number got retired, he uh, decided to, uh, they would still wear, uh, both would wear, like the jersey would be retired, but like uh, Phil, um, Ray Borg would still wear the number, but then once they were giving the uh, retiring the number, doing the whole ceremony, Ray Borg uh, basically like ripped off uh, or basically yeah, like uh, took off the number seven, and like he was wearing number seventy seven, and then told him, told us, Bazio, this number belongs to you and only you, Stuff like that." So it was pretty neat. Pretty neat. All right, so that's it for retired numbers. Probably go over it real quick. Then we'll take a quick break, and after that, and then we'll talk about uh, Patriots Day and the whole Boston Marathon bombing and the anniversary of it, and then show you a little video. All right, so we'll go over. So for the Red Sox, it was number one, Bobby Doerr. Number four, Joe Cronin. Number six, Johnny Pesky. Number eight, Carl Yastrzemski. Number nine, Ted Williams. Number 14, Jim Rice. Number 26, Wade Boggs. Number 27, Carl Yastrzemski. 
number 34, David Ortiz, number 45, Pedro Martinez, and number 42, which is retired by the entire MLB, Jackie Bradley Jr. Or Jackie Robertson. Jackie Robertson. Yeah, Jackie Robertson. All right. For the Patriots. Um, number 20, Gino Capapelli. Number 40, Mike Haynes. Number 57, Steve Nelson. Number 73, John Hanna. Number 78, Bruce Armstrong. Number 79, Jim Hurt. And number 89, Bob D. And for the Celtics... For the Celtic Goat. For God's sakes. For the Celtics. Hold on. Sorry, it's taking so long. At number zero, zero is Robert Parrish. Number one, Walter Brown. Number two, Red Arback. Number three, Dennis Johnson. Number six, Bill Russell, the great Bill Russell. Won 11 NBA championships. That's the most. I think that's more than Michael Jordan, but okay. Whatever. All right. And number 10, JoJo White. Number 14, Bob Cousy. Number 15, Tommy Heinsohn. Number 16, Tom Sanders. Number 17, John Havlicek. Number 18, Bob or Dave Collins. Number 19, Don Nelson. Number 21, Bill Sharman. Number 22, EZM McCauley. Number 23, Frank Ramsey. Number 24, Sam Jones. Number 25, Casey Jones. Number 31, Cedric Maxwell. Number 32, Kevin McHale. Number 33, Larry Legend, Larry Bird. Number 34, Paul Pierce. Number 35, Reggie Lewis. Lotsky for uh, Jim Lostikoff. And the mic for Johnny Most. All right. And number five will be retired by the Celtics for Kevin Garnett. All right. Soon. Soon. So coming soon. All right. For the Bruins, sweater numbers. Then we'll just wrap this up. All right, and number two, Easy Eddie Shore. Number three, Lionel Hitchman. Number four, Bobby Orr. Number five, Dip, Dick Clapper. Number seven, Phil Esposito. Number eight, Cam Neely. Number nine, John Busick. Number 15, Mel Schmidt. Number 16, Rick, Rick Middleton. Number 24, Terry O'Reilly. And number 77, Ray Bork. So that does it. We'll take a quick break and then come back and finish the show. So don't go anywhere. Bye. All right. We are back to uh, wrap the show. But the firstly, I want to talk about uh, a Boston Marathon bombings and basically uh, the anniversary of it was uh, Wednesday on April 15th, 2013. So here's the thing. So, Patriots Day is basically a day where uh, it's kind of like the anniversary of the battles of Lexington and Concord. Yeah, people forgot. People keep think that like I was talking about Patriots Day as a New England Patriots, but like no, Patriots Day is basically it's celebrated in Massachusetts and in Maine too as basically kind of the anniversaries of the battles of Lexington and Concord, the battles that started the war that won our independence from British, yeah, from British occupation stuff like that. So. And founded American country. Yeah. So basically, so Patriots Day it's celebrated by uh, the Red Sox game that's played at like 11 o'clock at 11 o'clock in the morning. Yes, 11 o'clock in the morning, which is 10 o'clock my time, yeah, central time. And, um, and then start ends the day with the Boston Marathon or Boston Marathon, which is uh, basically kind of like a thing they started way back in the 1890s. When did they start the marathon? 
We should know this, but sorry on our part. Boston Marathon. Here we are. It started in 1897. And this is the, basically on the third Monday of the month. So this Monday or this coming Monday will be Patriots Day. Except there won't be a marathon or any Red Sox game because of the coronavirus. Yeah, the coronavirus. COVID-19. So anyway, so on this day, they had the marathon. They played the Red Sox game. They won against the Rays and walked it off and stuff like that. So pretty neat. Yeah, so pretty neat. So, yeah. But then when they got to the marathon, as everybody was heading to the finish line, two bombs exploded. Killing basically three people and injuring a whole ton of other people too. Yeah, so it was pretty, pretty bad. They found out who the two bomb, who the bombers were, and they were two brothers who were uh, Chesnian. And if you don't know the history about Chesnian and stuff like that, Chesnia is kind of like a Muslim kind of part of, or like part of the world where like most of the people are Islamic. We're not going to go into the whole religious. Thing. We will go into that. Uh, they do have a beef, and they're trying to win their independence from Russia. They're trying to win their independence from Russia. I don't know how this whole ties into the marathon, why they bombed it, but they did. And they were thinking of planning and bombing two other places too, like New York and Washington. But thankfully, we found out, they found out, um, um, once or a certain civilian did uh, alert the authorities that they're here. There was a shootout in uh, – Watertown, Massachusetts. One of the brothers was killed. The other kind of like ran off, and then they eventually found the other brother. The and the whole town was in lockdown until they found these dude. They the whole city of Boston was in lockdown mode. In a citywide manhunt. Yeah. So yeah, so uh, so pretty neat. So they did end up finding the younger brother. He was he was hiding in a boat. He was hiding in somebody's boat in their backyard, and they were able to find him. They were able to arrest him. He basically surrendered and basically went on trial. So thank God for uh, Boston's finest. So pretty neat. So the all just the all around support ever all around the world. People in London were um, giving out a shout out and prayers to us. Uh, even the Yankees, the New York Yankees, who hate the Red Sox, especially the Boston, especially the Red Sox. Basically did like a whole uh, singing Sweet Caroline during the eighth inning of their game against the Angels on the night that they captured the Bombers and stuff like that. They all support. Even the Orioles, who hate us too, were basically or said like, hey, we finally caught the – or Boston's uh, finest caught the Bombers. And they basically yeah, kind of like did like a standing ovation and played Sweet Caroline during the eighth inning. So pretty neat. So the all-out support um, – so during the Bruins game on uh, Mar- so April the 17th, um, so they were singing the national anthem, and then everybody in the whole stand starts singing it too. So it was pretty sweet. So it's really a gut-wrenching kind of um, like singing the national anthem, which I'll play right here. If we can find it. Here we are. Ooh. 
All right, and then uh, Dave Ortiz did uh, say, um, gave a little speech before the Red Sox game against the Royals, which they ended up winning in a doubleheader that they had to make up because of the whole lockdown and having to go hunt the Bombers. I'll play that too. Go on. Go back. Hold on. I had to redo that. Redo. I will warn you, there is a, a certain word that uh, I uh, will apologize if uh, when it comes up. This jersey that we wear today, it doesn't say Red Sox. It says Boston. We want to thank you, Mayor Menino, Governor Patrick, the whole police department, for the great job that they did this past week. So basically, he said, "This is our effing city, and no one is going to take our dictate our freedoms." So basically, yeah. So when I first heard about that, and then did he really just say what I think he just said during the, on air? I mean, looking back on it now, what other people were saying, like, I actually read his book, and when he got back to the line, or back to a foul ball line in the dugout, everybody was kind of congratulating him, like, all the politicians and stuff like that that were there, like, Governor Patrick Bermanino basically were giving him high five, giving him a high five, and said, like, you know what, this is our effing city. This is our effing city. And even the FCC, the guys, the basically the... No, the basically the police of what you can and can't say on television and air. Basically, said, you know what? Because of the, what happened with the whole marathon bombing and stuff like that, and what the city went through, you know what? We'll just turn a blind eye. <laughs> we'll just turn a blind eye. Yeah, the FCC turning a blind eye to something like that—that that never happens. <laughs> but really neat. So really neat. And kind of go over the anniversary of that. It isn't ten years, but it is getting close to ten years. Right? Seven years from now? I mean, not seven, or seven years now? Yeah. Three years from now will be ten years. It'll be ten years. Or, yeah, so yeah. Yeah. And that uh, kind of spurred the Red Sox to a World Series title in 2013. And I was, I was talking, or they were, um, Section 10 interviewed, like, way back in 2018 in May, or probably around this time, of Joe Kelly, who was, he wasn't part of the Red Sox in 2013. He was part of the Cardinals in 2013. The team that lost them in the World Series, lost the Red Sox in the World Series in that year. But he was talking about, you know what, that Red Sox team was not talented and stuff like that. But you know what? They had the marathon to work for them. And you know what? When you have something like a tragedy like that and you use it basically for a and use it or rally around it and stuff like that. There's no way you're losing it. There's no way. There's no stopping you, especially a season like that. And basically, there were. I knew they were going to probably win the World Series because you know what? They had the marathon bombing. They wanted to win this for the city after what they've been through in April and stuff like that, and wanted to use it for a way to like basically, hey, let's go win a title. Let's go bring a title to the people of Boston. Boston strong. Yes, Boston strong. Yeah. And Ortiz was a part of that season too because he because of the speech and also because of the home runs he uh hit in the A in the ALCS. He hit in the ALCS against the Tigers, especially in game two. Game two, he had a really critical home run that uh basically, yeah, so basically, yeah, basically took the lead. Or well, actually, it tied the game against the Tigers. He made his old former teammate, uh, Terry Tory Hunter, basically uh, go over the fence trying to catch a ball, which he didn't eventually. He did not catch. Basically, went over the bullpen walls in the uh, right field. Yeah, so pretty, 
David Ortiz, David Ortiz, David Ortiz. Dave O'Brien's commentary on uh, radio. Dave O'Brien, now Red Sox TV broadcaster. He was Red Sox radio broadcaster with Joe Castiglione at one point. Joe Castiglione, main Red Sox um, radio broadcaster since 1983. One of the famous calls ever. Although Joe Buck's, as much as I hate Joe Buck, his uh, call was pretty neat too. So yeah, so pretty much that's it. I don't know what we're going to do for uh, next week's episode. We might do a little bit of like a history lesson of the Red Sox or somebody like that kind of history lessons. Like go over history. We might read uh, off some certain page. But you know what? So yeah, we'll read off a history of the Red Sox from their inception in 1901 to the present. So yeah, so we'll go over that if we can. Probably next week's episode. All right, that about do. And we also will do something too at the end of the episode, which I'll uh, talk about too. Why I referred to kind of like 1916 and the. Easter Rising, we'll go over that too. We'll talk about that too because the anniversary will be a day after. Will be the day after. So we'll talk about that and do a little bit of special, little special something after um, that next week's episode. So stay tuned for that. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for giving this opportunity to share and keep you what I love. Subscribe, rate, and review on Apple iTunes. Give us a five-star review if you can. Follow the show on Twitter at Podcast Royal. And then follow my personal Twitter page at JunkyardDog underscore 92. We'll have those in the details of the show. Follow the Instagram page at Royal, Royal Rooters 1992. And then follow the TikTok page at also Royal Rooters 1992. And then follow the Pinterest page. And then follow the show on Spotify, Apple, Google, or wherever you get your podcast from. doesn't matter what us. And with that being said, that'll about do it. See you guys next Saturday. Banyana.
Please go home. Yes, it's. No. Yes, go home. 